What is up, gentlemen? Double crew. We're back. Season two. Got the whole team in the booth talking Masters recap. Big week. Huge. Had the first Japanese major champion at the Masters. Fantastic. Hideki, hats off. Did great stuff. Willie Z, our boy. Him and Sungjae, I think, sponsored the pod. Finished second. Had a great showing. And then a lot of other players that we want to talk about. We also are going to with, finish with a couple Tales of the Range. Jakey's got a couple. I've got one or two. Um, and then uh, we'll be on our way. But before we do that, guys, how are we doing? Jakey, what's going on, brother? What's up, guys? Yeah, do, doing well. Been a, I mean, obviously a great week with the Masters and, you know, just so entertaining. And can't wait to talk about that a little bit. And uh, yeah, pumped about it. Vinny, what's up, brother? What's going on? Happy to be here as always. Rainy day Beautiful. in Houston means golf knowledge is flowing. Talk about the Masters. It is. It is flowing. You are 100% correct. Uh, yeah, let's jump right into it, guys. So 2021 Masters, 85th playing, was this past weekend. I'm sure everybody watched it. I saw there was a bunch of uh, celebrities tweeting about it. So, you know, the center stage for golf was this past weekend for the men. And the golf tournament did not disappoint for three days. We can talk about if it disappointed maybe on Sunday. But let's first uh, talk a few, a little bit about a few of the players. Got to start with the champion, Hideki Matsuyama. Gets the job done. <clears throat> finishing with a beautiful 10 under par, which was right where Jake nailed it because he... <laughs> Uh, Vinny took his 11 under. Jakey yep. went to 10. I had 13, which is where Hideki got to uh, on uh, number nine. Threw a dart in there on Sunday. But let's talk a little bit about Hideki, guys. Um, what do we think about his overall performance? And then I'll ask a couple other questions uh, about Hideki and just kind of the significance of his win. Vinny, let's go ahead with your thoughts. Yeah, I really love the Masters this year, particularly a uh, good combination of the course playing very different from what we saw in November. And, um, you know, I think the top of the leaderboard, for the most part, was people we wanted to see there. Uh, not particularly because they were our picks, but because we, uh, it would have been a great story for golf if several of the people up there would have won. Um, so that was really exciting through the weekend. Um, I thought Sunday was good, not, not great, but... Uh, I'll tell you what, I did love seeing Billy Horschel turn bright red and and really get pissed. So there's, there's so much I loved about the four days. Jakey, what, what did you think about Hideki? Yeah, I mean, it's crazy to think how great he's actually been and like not having a major and kind of being the forgotten man so often. Incredible. We just literally forget about him. I know we've dumped on his putting and it deserve, deservedly so. I mean, well, it's it, one it, of the worst on tour. I mean, it's... It, yeah, statistically, he's just not very good. But I'll tell you what, after that rain delay on Saturday, you just saw like what he is, which is he can be so machine like out there. He's a great mm-hmm. driver of the ball, incredible ball striker. I think his pitching and chipping is like significantly underrated. And he, I mean, he just played it so smart, honestly. Um, I, I know, I know it was a one-shot win, but like, it really wasn't that close. You know, he had shots that he could waste here and there, and uh, and he did that. But uh, unbelievable. I mean, it's it's so cool to um, to see him win and, and to see how much it meant to him. I think was just un- unbelievably cool. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, if you ask me what I thought was the most you know significant moment was was him winning just for his 
just for the game of golf. Um, and I've become a huge Hideki fan over the last few days, just from like all the things that have been put out him chilling in the Atlanta airport by himself, got the green jacket over the chair, uh, right next to him. He's just on his phone texting. He's flying commercial back to Japan. I saw that, uh, when he got to Japan, his favorite restaurant, they just shut down the entire restaurant. It was just him eating in there with his two boys. So like having a great time. Uh, I think, there was a couple articles put out that uh, this win is about a billion dollars in lifetime value to Hideki just based off of how that market is golf crazy and, um, you know, have been basically he's been there Tiger Woods for a long time. And now he's basic. He has jumped up to that that kind of a pedestal or that that culture, which I think is just going to be awesome, especially for the men and women in that area. Right. Uh, going forward. And then, you know, the, the Japanese women and the Asian women are kind of dominating the lpga tour so we'll see if this kind of brings out you know another five to ten men from that culture over the next uh five to ten years 20 years and 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 maybe they start to take over a little bit so interested to see how that is my favorite moment of course then too is um hideki's caddy at the end bowing to the course i know everybody's talked about it put up different pictures and and memes Mm -hmm. and whatnot but uh just an absolute uh respect for that course and you know I, i think that not that that should be uh, replicated going forward, but, you know, something that all the guys should talk about every year, especially as a winner is like, Hey, you know, I, I played my best, but this, this golf course maybe gave me a couple breaks here and there. And that's how I was able to get it done. So I was super pumped for Hideki. Um, and yeah, you're right, Jake. I mean, as soon as that they got back from the rain delay on Saturday, he was a different man. So um, out there to, to prove wrong. I did see um, on the stats related, he was fourth in tee to green and also um, finished inside the top 10 in putting. And I think his last win was 2017, the week after Spieth, actually, um, which is pretty crazy. They both got their mm-hmm. new wins like this. And it was like um, 10 days apart or something yeah. crazy like that. And uh, that he was inside the top 10 in putting that time. And pretty much every time he's inside the top 10 at an event, he is in the top five. So it, it really is crazy how. Uh, especially at Augusta, but in, in other events, when he is putting even decently, uh, he basically wins or is right there in contention. So, yeah, great to see Hideki back on the leaderboard and getting his first Masters victory. Uh, and we'll be coming back for the next, you know, 30 or 40 years. So, so crazy there. Uh, I want to talk, let's jump into some other guys. We'll come back to Hideki because I have some questions. Uh, let's talk about Willie Z, finished second, ended up finishing one shot behind the leader, missed. Uh, you know, three or four opportunities on Sunday. And I'm sure if we went back and looked, he missed a couple, but I'm sure Hideki did as well as uh, along with all the rest of these players. But as we've talked about this guy 18 months ago, had zero status on tour. He technically still doesn't. I actually went back and researched it uh, because of COVID. And I'm sure this will never happen again, but because of COVID, they didn't give any of the corn fairy guys full status. They give them some starts and he keeps top tenning everything. So he gets, more exemptions, but uh, crazy that a guy who, who has no real status on the PGA Tour right now finished solo second at Augusta, uh, and the guy weighs like 110 pounds, soaking wet. Plays a great game. I know he's 24, so he's the same age as Morikawa uh, and a few of the other guys. But uh, what did you guys think about Willie Z uh, and his chances going forward, Jakey? Yeah, I mean. I think we've talked a lot about him on this pod, and I think a lot of people that are, you know, paying close attention to golf have been sort of 
singing his praises really since the U.S. Open. Um, when I mean, he had kind of burst on the scene after right. a very good but awkward um, corn fairy year because of COVID. But I mean, <laughs> the dude is just a straight up baller. Like I, it it was kind of crazy because I I had my uh, I was tearing down a screen room um, that's attached to my house this weekend on Sunday before you know before sitting down for coverage. And I had a buddy help me out who doesn't watch a lot of golf and he does watch the masters. And he's like, yeah, I'm just really impressed by this. This is Al Torres guy. I don't really know much about him. Has he been around much? I'm like, honestly, no, he, he, he kind of hasn't, but it, you just see what a skill it is. If you drive it like he does, which is, I mean, he's not like extremely long, but he's plenty long. He hits it so solid approaching the green. And I actually was stunned by this. He, cause he didn't, it, he didn't putt that great on Sunday. Like that was the perception that I think we have, but I, I think he was like number one overall in strokes game putting for the week. So maybe more dangerous um, than we think. Also from this point forward, I think Willie Z should be known as the slim reaper on this pod. Just saying. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, that's funny. The the guys, the guy's good. I mean, he's going to be there a lot. He's going to be there often. And I think if he, uh, um, gets even a little bit more consistent on the greens, he's going to win very, very soon. Any? I, it's tough to uh, to say how big of a fan I think I am of, of Willie Z. Uh, just, it's always nice, a fresh take on golf, a kid out there playing for whatever is going to be given to him. He's, you know, at a at certain point in time, he didn't even know that... Uh, you know, he was going to be going from making $1,200 for winning to, you know, making over a million for a second place in 16 months. That that That's the life events, the course of life events for him, pretty much. And um, I think he's just at the right place at the right time. And obviously, we're going to see him at every WGC event until he drops out of the top 64. He's currently 27th in the world Crazy. without a PGA Tour card. So, that's insane. Yeah, uh, that's that's nuts. And obviously, I, I would expect the PGA to do the right thing by the end of the season. And uh, I mean, we should see him in the field as long as he's invited. Basically, I, I want him to fix that pop stroke. I think it cost him at least two shots around the final round. Uh, but just a, an overall huge fan. Another feel good story of a kid, you know, just just going through the routine, you know, golf and trying to make it right. We have, we have yeah. buddy who's phenomenal and he still, he still hasn't gotten there. It's just, it is crazy and obviously very happy. I think he's great for the game. So. Um, can I quickly say one other thing that I yep. was just reading about earlier today? And, and, you know, I think when we talk about Augusta, we talk about it with such reverence of like, it's this place to go back every year. You know, the players that are going to be there, like Justin Rose is a great example, right? Had a horrible year, has not played well, steps on property. He's like a new man, right? Because he something fits his eye there. Um, you know, Willie's performance is very, very close statistically to like what Jordan Spieth did in his debut. And that was the year that, you know, he kind of went toe-to-toe with Bubba and it just right. didn't work out in the end. And I think that, if anything, we're talking, you know, if we're putting him in the same sort of bucket in terms of debut as Spieth, who is, you know, statistically probably the third best player to ever, you know, grace Augusta across however many rounds, 
I mean, it, you have to look at him and say he's going to be there more often. I don't think this is like a flash in the pan moment. I think his skills are accentuated on a golf course like that. And uh, yeah, I mean, if I'm if I'm Will Zalatoris, I'm licking my chops to go back there in a year. You know? Yeah, yeah. He, uh, I think, other than Fuzzy Zeller, who won in his first attempt during you know, a different was, time, uh, right? That was yeah. way back. But the other, you know, in our I guess the last fifty years or whatever, uh, Jordan. And and Willie, yeah, very comparable. Jordan, you know, finished in the top five in his first Masters and went on to win um, the the following year, actually. But I did see that there's been, I think, seven other guys in the last 60 or 70 years that uh, have finished as high as Zalatoris in his first trip to Augusta. And only Spieth is, is, has gone on to win it. So we'll see if Willie Z can do it. I think he definitely can. Uh, you know, everybody needs to have kind of that their best week of their lives um, to win it. Whether it's um, you know it's tee to green or or putting, and if you can combine both of them, it's over. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just uh, it's pretty crazy that the kid is 24 years old, a rookie on tour, because uh, you know some of that's COVID and some of that's just he, he stayed in college for for pretty much the entire time uh, at Wake Forest. So we'll will definitely see. He's been in the field this week, one of the favorites at the R, uh, RBC. So yeah, he's definitely going to be a favorite. I think. For the rest of, uh, of of time, it seems like. I think, uh, you know, some of these are corn fairies, but I heard a stat that he has 16 top uh, 15s going back the last 18 months, and the only person that has that many is John Rahm. They both have the same amount, so pretty crazy that this, again, this guy doesn't have status on tour, and he is just top 10, top 15 machine. So could be a cash cow like Charles Howell going forward mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. a few more wins. Um, let's talk. We, we noted a little bit about Spieth who comes in as the only player to ever birdie all, uh, number 10, all four days in a row, which is wild that nobody's done that, that in wild. 85 flanks. So Spieth comes in, he finished, uh, tied for third with, uh, Xander Schauffele. He made a, bur- a bogey on 18, which would have given him uh, third by himself. Um, and I guess he started really slowly too, but well, guys, what do we think about Spieth? You know, he continues to play well, got a top 10 at Augusta where he has played well in the past. Uh, Jakey, like you said, he's a, you know, top two or top three all time, uh, at Augusta. If you look, kind of go back and just look at all the stats and uh, with, uh, I think tiger and, um, I can't remember who was in first, but, uh, you know, another great week he started five under. So he was, you know, six back from Hideki to start Sunday. He didn't play as well Saturday or maybe didn't close as well Saturday, but what do we think overall of Spieth um, and his showing at at Augusta this year, Jakey? I mean, I picked him. I I mean, what, he lost by three. He made a triple on nine on Thursday. He made a mess out of one on Sunday. Um, He looked defensive on the greens. Uh, I don't know exactly why that was. Because usually I feel like, and I think I said it in the preview pod, that like he just kind of turns into someone different there. He's just hooping putts and making chips. And, and he, did, he did do a little bit of that here and there. Right. But, I mean, you should only be encouraged because I think he was number one uh, tee to green. He drove the fuck out of it all week. So, yeah, I mean, it's a bummer because it does feel like a missed opportunity feels like one he should have won in a weird way, even though he was never really right there. But um, yeah, I think we go 
we go down the road of continuing to be encouraged by what we're seeing from Jordan. And if he drives it like he's driving it right now, because we all we all know that that can get it go a little sideways. I would say that you have to start looking at him for literally every single venue going forward. You know, every single major uh, that's on the calendar for this year. If he's still driving it like he's driving it right now, he will be there because, uh, you know, Kiowa, that's not, you know, that's, that's a pretty good for him. I think yeah. uh, Tori, maybe not as good, but honestly, if, if anybody can get up and down from weird spots, it's him. Um, and then, you know, he's already won the, uh, the British open before and, and I could see him doing that again too. So yeah, I think it's super encouraging and, and another great week from, from Jordan, just a little disappointing in the end. Vinny, what'd you think about Spieth? Impressed, not impressed? Eh. Yeah, I think uh, you're impressed by his past few weeks. Really, it's just, uh, I wouldn't say that the Masters was a culmination of what he's been doing over the past few weeks, but uh, I think we're seeing 2015 Spieth again um, for for good reasons, and uh, I'm not surprised he played well. Obviously, past winner, He's also a good player in the wind, pretty windy, uh, three out of the four days, I think. Um, so yeah, I, but I, I don't think he had what it took to beat Hideki. Hideki had a magical round and, uh, and then he was as consistent as always on top of that. So, um, I, I think Hideki makes one bad choice per golf tournament probably. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I think at that point in time, either he or Shota, you know, his caddy honed him back in pretty quickly and he, and he closes it out. So, um, obviously happy for him, but I think, I think speed played great. It wasn't right, even though it, it could have been. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I was obviously still impressed with speed was out on him, you know, five or six weeks ago. He is definitely back. I would have, uh, you know, I was really happy to see Hideki win it. Ended up being, uh, I guess, maybe not the un, the not the popular pick, but I really liked them. I actually said on the pod, if you go back and listen last week, I picked, uh, who did I even pick? You missed the cut. He's dead to me. Can't lay. But uh, I said, if you're looking at somebody else, Hideki has a chance to win it. So I did kind of call it. Um, however, I missed out on, you know, two point whatever million dollars on the uh, uh, pool. <laughs> so, you know, whatever. Anyways. Speed, yeah, he played well. You know, he, a great stat on 10. Then he made birdie there all four days. Pretty crazy. He played, uh, I'd say, fairly well. He re- started just too slow on Sunday. A lot of people did. They came out the gate slow, other than maybe John Rahm, who was, you know, 11 back. Got himself into, you know, T4 or T5. But the the rest of him, he, himself included, uh, Xander kind of started a little slow on the front nine. It just... Uh, you know, he, he pulled himself out of it. He also on Saturday made a few too many errors coming down the stretch where I think to have a chance, they really needed to be at seven under or eight under where, where Willie Xander Leishman and Rose were to start the day. Um, but yeah, he played great. I would agree. Definitely one of the favorites going forward to uh, the next majors, which is at Kiowa in less than a month, uh, which is awesome. Now with the new schedule, we get a major every month once Augusta starts, which is the best. So Excited to see what will happen there. I know a few of the guys, I think Colin was out there playing a practice round. Of course, is looking lush. So that'll be a fun one. Um, but, yeah, not too much more on Jordan. He's, he's been very steady and excited to see, uh, hopefully, that he just continues this form going forward. Um, 
think the fourth guy we wanted to talk about was uh, the guy who finished with Spieth in fourth, Xander Schauffele. He has now finished in the top five in pretty much every major that he plays in, but he hasn't won one, um, which I know everybody's like, oh, you know, he's close, blah, blah, blah. He's 24, 25. Well, Tiger had won six majors by that time. So you can't give him, you know, you can give him credit for being a top five machine, but you got to win one in order to be considered one of the better players on tour. And he just hasn't been able to do it. In my opinion, he choked uh, because he made the mistake that you can definitely not make on 16, which is a very short par three uh, that, you know, you can hit it as basically as far right as you can. And, and, and almost every time two putt, but guys, I'd love to hear what you guys thought about, it, especially coming Hideki coming off of, which we'll talk about in a minute, which I, one of the worst decisions I've ever seen, even though he did have a, a five shot lead at the time <laughs> or whatever. But uh, what did you think about Xander, guys? And uh, were you disappointed, or you know, just kind of like, hey, we know he's a great ball striker, um, and and he contends at majors, so you were just kind of happy with where he finished. Uh, Benny, let's go ahead to you, bud. Benny is dead. All right, oh. I'm back. I'm down for a second there. Rob, repeat that. Oh, uh, here we go. <laughs> repeat that. Repeat that. I heard the last part of it. The repeater. We yes, are going, uh, I was at, talking about Xander and Xander right. uh, getting to 10 under two back at the time because, you know, Hideki had just made a terrible decision, which we'll talk about in a minute. But Xander then gets to 16. Don't know what the hell he was thinking about trying to flag that because you can get closer by hitting it to the middle of the green. Were you disappointed with how Xander finished or just kind of, a, you know, he's a top five machine at majors. Congrats on, on finishing there again. Yeah, of course I kind of am. I, I do think... Xander is, is hot and cold, no, like no matter what. And at that point in time, trying to play for that, let's call it trying to hit it to two inches or, you know, make an ace on that hole uh, may not have been the best choice. I, I don't see a reason to question twirling wind and going up a club, um, especially, you know, if you hit that club and uh, there was no wind and you were fine with it. He said he went two and eight. I just, we all know what happens there. And obviously he kind of probably quit on it. Didn't hit it great. Ends up short in the water. And that's the end of his, you know, that's the end of the day for him. It's just, I I want to see him close one out. But again, another player where I don't feel that that kind of numbers ever out of play. Mm -hmm. Jakey, what did you think about Xander? Yeah, I think I, I I know I wrote in our group chat. I said what a choke, and, and the more I think about it, the more like unfortunately this probably is. I love Xander. I I've said it before. Oh, yeah. I think that I think that's the second best, in my opinion, second best golf swing on tour. It's just like he's such a gamer. Um, I think he has like the best major record out there right now without a win over over like since Aaron Hills or since whenever his major debut was. But it's it's just mind blowing. Like you you sort of you said it right. Like you know, first of all, I don't think Hideki's was a mistake. I think Hideki's was uh, um, the there's fear both ways on fifteen, right? Like you that layup doesn't always leave you a great yardage, and you have to be careful not to pull it off the front of the green into the water, and then you get into a whole can of worms there. And I think Hideki thought, oh well, I'll just hit this on the green, let it go a little bit over and then come back up, but you see what adrenaline does. And right. I think that same thing happened to Xander, right? Xander comes within 
uh, a nut hair of holding that bunker shot on 15, which would have been... That would have been bananas. It would have gone ballistic, right? At that point, it would have been like all hands on deck, red alert, we got a tournament. And then he goes to 16, and I, I, I don't know. I know there's been some chatter, not from him, but from like, uh, like I think Dottie Pepper said that there was like a gust of wind, and there was some talk of like being in between clubs or this or that. You, you didn't need the kill shot there. You know, that's right. that's what I keep going back to. Right. Like, I think a couple of guys on Sunday did take the line that he was trying to take, which was not using the slope and hitting it more at the pin and kind of using the slope behind the pin rather than to the right of the pin. And like because because you're trying to take the chance of a if you block it, you're in three putt territory. Right. He's trying to take that out of the equation. And unfortunately, I think he got a little little juiced up on trying to take less club and, and pound it in there. And inevitably, what happens is you come across, you know, you hit that little pull because you're trying to smash something. And unfortunately, you know, that, that, that was that at that point, but you know, Xander's another guy where I love his interviews. I love his honesty. And and I do think that at some point he will win one of these things. I don't even think it's a learning experience anymore. I just think it's eventually going to have to come together and happen. Cause I think he's learned, you know, all the, all the lessons he needs to learn. It's, it just didn't happen in the end. It was it was Hideki's week, you know. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Xander too. I don't know how you can't be, but uh, he he just yeah something something happened there. I you know whether it was a wind gust or not, I you, you just got to take a more conservative line there because you you're in the tournament no matter what, right? Because Hideki still has to, and he ended up three putting too. So even if uh, Xander three putts and he gets to nine. He's still only two back with two to play, mm-hmm. and and it's a it's a completely different game. He completely let Hideki off the hook by hitting it in the water there, and the tournament was was over, in my opinion there. But um, yeah, I guess going back to my point about Hideki and Jake, you kind of talked about it. My my thought process on fifteen was yeah, you have a you know four or five shot lead, and he's all gas no breaks at this point, which I love, but. You can lay a, either hit your iron right of the pin, so you either go in the trap yeah. where Xander was, or I agree with that. it just kind of rolls off the back right, or you lay up. And and to be honest, if I'm the caddy, I'm saying, hey, we're not even going at this flag. You're pitching this across to the right side of the green, and we'll just two putt from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, because yeah, I mean, it ended up being the the best mistake that he could make because he had an incredible up and down. He basically had to lay up from his drop and then get up and down from there for bogey, which he ended up doing. But, um, yeah, it was just, uh, I guess, a crazy sequence. Could have gone either way, but uh, I would have I would have gone the more conservative route um, about it. Guys, I wanted to ask uh, who you thought was your biggest flop of the tournament, whether they made the cut or not. Um, Jakey or, or Vinny, you guys want to chime in with uh, who you guys are thinking? Vin, you want to go first? Yeah, sure. Good. Good. I- Obviously, I think DJ is the biggest flop out of people who did or didn't make the cut, uh, simply because I I do think he's a player that even on a court like in that condition, a, a very different condition to what he saw in November. Um, I think DJ really has the game to play well on firm courses like this, and for him to not make the cut, I would say that's probably. The biggest disappointment for me? My yeah, expectations I mean, I think, are really high. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't think you could you could go wrong there because I agree. And he choked too coming down. He was like two shots inside the cut with on fifteen, and he and he dumped it in the water, and and then it was over from there basically. So I, I completely agree. It was not not a good showing from DJ. Um, but again, you know, he I don't know what what it is. Maybe he's just he's getting a little older and slowing down. But he just hasn't played that much this year uh, for whatever reason. You know, maybe there's some health issues going on. I don't know, but. It's hard, I think, especially to win the Masters going in with uh, with no real play. Um, but, you know, I could be wrong. Jakey, who are you thinking uh, was your biggest flop of the week? Yeah, uh, real quick on DJ. I think that the other thing that we always we always forget and we always discredit DJ with this is that, like, he goes through these spells where he's just not that interested, and then he just summons it and, and <laughs> like, wins, like, five times. So... You know, it, I agree it's disappointing, but he just didn't have it. And I he hasn't had it a lot recently. So I, I guess that's, you know, just a bad spell. For me, I think my biggest disappointment um, is Rory. It was just such a disheartening week because I feel like even in past years when he's the, the expectations have been really high and he struggled in like the first round and he's, you know, still been able to put something together and, and almost get in contention or or getting mm-hmm. contention, right? Like 2018, he was in the final group with with Reed, and he just looked as lost as I've seen him. And I think um, to to borrow like a concept from from pro wrestling, like you guys know, sometimes I like to go to pro wrestling for the for the comparisons. I think Rory needs to do like what what they do when they rewrite a pro wrestler in the show. They take him off TV for a couple weeks, maybe a <laughs> month, right? And then when when the, when he returns, he comes back with a different gimmick, right? Sometimes the hero comes back a villain. Sometimes the villain comes back a hero. I think Rory needs to just go and like grind, come back just like the the most focused, like villainous version of himself for Kiowa. Like you need to, he needs to just put everything away, stop listening to everybody else, and just go do his thing. Because I I, I firmly feel that he. Um, He's got he's got too many people in his ear right now about too many different things. Yeah. Whether it's his his role as a player advisory board member, or his comments about being influenced by Bryson, or you know trying to um, you know talk here and there about equipment things that are potentially coming down. You know, I, I just I think he's got to sequester himself and then come back um, ready to go. Maybe maybe he saw that you can get it done skinny like Willie did, and he'll go back to prepubescent Rory McIlroy, <laughs> lumpy Rory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go a different direction. My biggest disappointment was uh, Bernard missing the cut. Ah, oh, Bernie. I, lo- I love seeing old Bernard or Freddie make the cut. Neither one of them did, which was disappointing. Uh, but we did get a Jose Maria Olafable. Yeah, Siding, who guy hasn't played since November, he said, picked up a club since November, <laughs> and he beat Brooks, Cantlay, all these guys. So hats on them. That's pretty right awesome. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I, I'm, I'll probably be doing that for the Gentleman's Cup in about 30 years. It'll be a, that'll be the one round of the year I play four rounds. That's awesome. Um, um, but yeah, that was that was great, guys. What do we think about the golf course and uh, setup? We think it was fair. Uh, you know, it was it was firm and fast on Thursday, and then they got some some humidity, some moisture Friday, Saturday, slowed things down a little bit, not to where it was obviously in November. But what do we think about the overall setup, Jake? Loved it. My I only have one. Well, I have two grades. One, I'm done with the second cut of rough. Cut all the rough. Two, just go straight to 
you know, yep. Pine Straw or we're going and Fairway. Fairway to Pine Straw, baby. Okay. And, and, like but you, but you have to do you have to do one other thing if you're going to do that. Those greens, especially on Thursday and a little bit on early Saturday, very firm, very fast. Thursday they were like turning purple. I thought we were in for like Armageddon. I was getting excited. I think you you got to stop like worrying about the the length of the course and. You got to stop like having like the, I felt like the fairways just didn't run and guys couldn't the, the ball wasn't running into trouble as often as it normally does at Augusta. I think you got to get those fairways firm. You got to get them fast. You got to cut the rough and just when the ball hits the ground, it's just a complete crapshoot depending on where they landed it. I think it, you got to go back to more of that style of golf. Any what'd you uh, <clears throat> what'd you think about the course setup or did you did you like it? Yeah, I liked it. I really did. Um I, th- I felt like that score line for the conditions is, mm-hmm. is very fair. And I, I thought some of the things that they did with the course were also very fair. Um, I know one of the holes, I think it was 12, where they basically took the whole second cut out and the tree line, and it, it, that ran straight through to the pine straw. Uh, um, some fair decisions in terms of giving you a big visual, but you had you actually had a very small window at the same time. Um, but I mean, I really liked this year specifically, uh, I, you know, tournaments that end between like six and 10, I think that they've, they've shown their teeth for 98% in the field. And then the two or three guys who deserve to win it are, are up there. I, I, I kind of feel that way about scoring at, at that number. So uh, I thought it was very fair. Yeah. Uh, I agree. I, I like the Masters with the winner between yeah six and six and ten, six and twelve. Um, <clears throat> I, I thought the course got a little soft on the weekend, Saturday, Sunday. You know, obviously mm-hmm. they got a rainstorm, which you can't really do too much about, but they do have sub sub air in those greens, and they can suck that moisture out quick. I would have liked them to be a little bit quicker on Sunday and challenge the players. Um, but you know, it's it's just such an interesting golf course because it's it's one of those where you you hardly ever go right at the pin. Like you have to use slopes to get close. Um, and so I would have liked it to be, uh, you know, a little bit quicker just to see how that would have tested the guys on maybe on Sunday. But uh, yeah, I thought the course setup was great. I, I, I would be fine with the, just the one cut. No, no, I guess no second cut and pine straw. That would be a cool look out there. Um, but uh, overall, I thought, I thought they did a great job. The course is, uh, was in great shape as as it always should be, and uh, ended up being a, a great tournament. Other than maybe, you know, the first twelve holes on on Sunday, because nobody was really contending with Decky. Other than Willie Z threw like two holes when he was two back, and then, in my point, my opinion, Hideki sealed it on uh, five when he made like that twenty five footer for par. <laughs> that if it missed, it was going to yeah, go yeah, like, off, off the green. The green. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Um, but you know, he, he had some stones and did it. So yeah, congrats to him. Um, huge for that, the Asian market. So excited to see what that'll do for the game of the golf going forward on the men's side, especially, um, I, I, I wanted a note I wanted to make was, uh, Bryson continues to get absolutely manhandled <laughs> by, by Augusta. You know, he played well on, on Friday to get into the cut, but then did absolutely nothing all weekend. So, uh, yeah, I think. I, I think we made a text, sent a text about this, but I'm sure the members are all just laughing at like, what what is everybody else talking about with distances, problem, blah, blah, blah. If you just set up the course correctly uh, and give the players the resources that they should have, really, I don't think they need green books anyways. Yep. 
um, you'll 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 keep these guys in check, and and it'll come down to the guys who can putt and hit the ball. Did you so, um? Did you hear that he said? I think in an, I think it was uh, on his in his Wednesday press conference that you know he kind of admitted that he hasn't read greens since junior golf with his eyes. He's like, this is the only time I do it. It's once a year, and I haven't like practiced that skill since I was a junior. That's that is crazy. Because like ninety nine percent of golfers in the world do that every time they play, <laughs> you know, it's just wild. So I don't know this, but I, I was finally thinking about it when I was seeing him over short putts in particular. He holds his putter by the head out in front of him. He's mm-hmm. doing that to check his line, correct? He's drawing a line above. Yeah, that's correct. Up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was about to say because his grip is also like half of his putter. I was like, I don't know what you see, brother, but. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's just his way of like it's like his version of plumb bobbing, basically. I uh, I did have a thought, and I think they were talking about this. I can't remember if it was like fifteen or sixteen. Some guys were on the green. It may have been Bryson. I don't remember, but uh, they were talking about guys marking their balls and using the lines. And uh, Emmelman or whoever was on the coverage was saying, "Yeah, I think uh, you know more than sixty, seventy percent of these guys are all." marking it or doing it do you, do you guys use a use a line or, or even like color the dash when you putt or how do you line things up i'm just curious because i definitely use it for alignment i know some people do some people don't jakey uh i i don't i get like too focused on getting the line lined up i think yeah. so yeah i try to um i actually try to line my ball up with nothing like looking down at just the white part of the ball if possible so you're you're just a feel guy i like to pick a spot out there that i'm aiming for but i don't yeah. want to I don't want to focus too much on getting myself lined up. Yeah, you're right. And with the line, I definitely sometimes focus way too much on that. And then the worst part is when I stand over the ball and I'm like, wow, this doesn't feel right. So exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Vinny, do you use the line? I do. I actually really like it more um, as a visual off the tee, <laughs> to be honest with you. And I know there was a discussion about this um, by some of the co-hosts, um, I think Wednesday. Uh, they were talking mm-hmm. about you to pick your alignment and, and club path. I like that more than putting with. Mm-hmm. Um, I I agree. Sometimes I I get above the ball and I feel like, and this line is not where my club face is. And sometimes I touch it. Sometimes I don't. Normally I'll pull it. Something like that. I I just feel like it's just a bad indicator more than it is a good one. Interesting. Go. Sure. Yeah uh all right guys well augusta is in the books hideki matsuyama the first japanese major champion any other thoughts about a masters did we forget to talk about anything guys what do we think we want to talk about uh was it gary player's son who got tossed out <laughs> Ooh, oh, actually well Wayne? that guy's a shithead but yeah. um i will tell you the uh taste of the masters pack oh yeah how'd that go f- dude it's fucking it's so good it's so dope the food is good it's like I mean, I just finished the barbecue pork today, so I'm done with it. You get so many snacks, so many cups. Like, it's really, really awesome. And if, like, you have, a, you know, a couple extra bucks laying around and, and you're into that, like, What was the total cost? I th- Well, see, I don't know because I used some of those, like, fanatic points or whatever they had left over. But I think it was 150 to buy it. But it is a ton of stuff. Like, I mean, Paige doesn't eat meat, um, so I ate a lot uh, of it. But I didn't – like, it was – a tub of egg salad. Thank God, I, I don't like that. <laughs> a tub of egg salad. Tub of egg salad. A tub of um, 
pimento cheese, which is fire. So oh, good. Man. And then, uh, then like a double tub of barbecue pulled pork, <laughs> like 10 cookies, 10 bags of chips, which by the way are by the, like the local chip brand in Pennsylvania. So like we get them here. I, I guess they're not nationwide. Um, caramel popcorn with, with caramel pecans in it. Oh uh, man. And then like 25 of the, of the plastic beer cups. So it's like really, really cool. And it was like nice thing to have, uh, you know, while I was watching, watching the golf. It was really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. And did you get to pick the day it was delivered or was it just kind of based on when you bought it? Uh, they gave you, it was either going to get delivered in a Thursday batch or a Friday batch. I didn't get to pick that. So like you, like mine shipped on Wednesday. So I knew it was going to be there on Friday, but I saw online, like people on golf WX talking about they're shipping Monday and they got it on, on Thursday. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, that's pretty, that's pretty awesome. All right. Anyways, let's, uh, let's jump over to RBC heritage, just make some picks real quick. And then we'll jump into our final segment of talk about the range. Uh, guys, uh, uh Vinny, who'd you take last week? I took Justin Thomas. Justin Thomas. Uh, did he make the cut? Yes, he didn't make 20. Yeah. He was in it for a minute. Yeah. So, uh, okay. So Jakey finished first, obviously with Spieth. Vinny, Justin Thomas, me, I finished way out there because can't like played like dog. Uh, Jakey, we'll go ahead and go to your pick first. And uh, who are you thinking this week for the RBC Heritage? Yeah, I didn't put a lot of thought into this. Uh, so I'm going to take somebody who played well last year and who honestly got a little boned over at the Masters this week. I'm going uh, honest Abe answer this week. Played well last year at the RBC. He was definitely in it and uh, played well this week and just had like, uh, you know, the classic you can only see it on TV situation. Um, but he, you know, he's very graceful about accepting his penalty, unlike some other golfers out there. So going on a state. He did get absolutely boned. Uh, Vinny, what are you thinking this week for RBC? Uh, I'm going to take Patrick Cantley. Not playing particularly great, but has a pretty good. Uh, F that guy. He's, he's played well in the past, I believe. Um, I think he's yep. got a few top fives, actually, too, and maybe a top ten. Um, so we're, I'm just going based on history. Good field this week though. I'm, pr- I'm pretty happy about that. Um, so it'd be a you know, good viewing event. Yeah, it should be a fun one. There's a lot of, there is a lot of really good players playing. Yeah. He's fourth on the power rankings, uh, average scoring at 68.5. Um, I'm going this week, I'm going with, I guess a big dog, the number one player in the world, Dustin Johnson, a native of this state, uh, he has not been able to crack the top 15 in five tries. So hopefully he can do it this year. We'll see. Um, but uh, slumping a little bit for sure. But I'm I'm trying to make up some ground in the pool. So I'm taking DJ this week to to get it done. We'll see what happens. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, great field. Cam Smith, I saw he wasn't even practicing today. He was just fishing out there. Fitzpatrick. It's, it's <laughs> Fitzpatrick's yeah. there. Hatton's, Will Zalatoris. Harmon, Cantlay, Berger, Corey Connors, Webb Simpson. Oh, yeah, good feel. Sam Smith is kind of a god. I'll tell he you what. He is so funny, yeah. He, That's awesome. Did he finish in the top 10 last? Oh, yeah, he did. He T10ed minus three at the Masters. There you go. Um, yeah, he's he's starting to put on a little bit of some consistency at Augusta. Mm-hmm. Sucks that, you know, he was the only player ever to shoot four rounds in the 60s. And uh, and he got and he lost <laughs> last year to DJ yeah, by five that's, shots. That's tough. Um, all right, guys, let's let's jump over to the tales of the range jakey you seems like you have like a little bit of roulette so you have a couple stories and you want us to pick one 
Yes, I'm gonna. So you know, as as our listeners might know, I, I go to range about you know two three times a week, and every time I go, I've just been like, not even looking for it, just encountering uh, these stories. So I'm gonna lay out three different options. And you guys can tell me which of the three you'd like to hear. That doesn't mean that the other two are going to go away. Maybe I'll use them on a time when, you know, I don't have other range stories. But it's been it's been quite uh, um, lit at the range lately with with some <laughs> from, some crazy some craziness. All right. So your options are. Number one. I'm going to call this one eBay Bryson DeChambeau. OK. Option okay. one is eBay Bryson DeChambeau. Option two is South Philly Butch Harmon. Okay. Option two, <laughs> South Philly Butch Harmon. And then option three is Daddy Daycare. Okay. Option three is Daddy Daycare. You pick Vinny, which one. Vinny, I'm going to let you pick. Oh, man. I am thinking episode two, South Philly Butch Harmon. South Philly Butch Harmon. All right, Dougie, you have a you, you want to. That's fine. Let's rock. We'll rock with that. All right, so we'll we'll start off tales from the range with South Philly Butch Harmon. So the Camden driving range where I go, you guys have my, you know you two have seen it in videos I sent you. You're literally ha- hitting out into a tributary of the Cooper River, which then dumps into the Delaware River. So you're hitting balls into water, and there's like three islands out there. There's like a like a 100 to 150-yard island. There's like a 180 to 200-yard island. And then there's like a like a sliver island that's really far. It's like 250 to, to really hit that one. So I'm sitting in there and I'm going through my practice. I pretty much pretty much try to get to a spot where there's no one around me when I go there. It's, it's a big driving range, two levels, you know, 50 bays per level probably. So... I go, I'm, I'm completely on my own at the far, far end of the range. And is this at this, night, Jake, or is this right after work? What's this the... is right. Oh, yeah, this is like 3 p.m. This is like right after work. Okay. So I, you know, I'm at the end of the range and I'm just kind of doing my drills and, and working. And this, this guy, you know, he's got two clubs in his hand and a large bucket. He, he shows up, you know, maybe two bays behind me. And, he, and I just hear him just rapid firing balls. All right, whatever. No big deal. I don't even care. And not long after, I see this, like, woman. Now, this guy's a little older. He's probably in his, like, late 50s. I see this woman walk towards me. I'm like, this is weird. She doesn't have clubs. She doesn't have anything. She walks up to him. And they're talking. Then all of a sudden, she's, like, in the bay hitting balls. And I'm telling you guys, he is giving her, like, the lesson of a lifetime. <laughs> I mean, we're talking... We're talking grip. We're talking position at the top. We're talking shallowing. We're talking, you know, you got to really, you want to try to drive that lower body and clear that chest to make sure that you can get that ball to start right and then turn back to the left. This lady cannot get this thing to go more than 15 yards in front of her, no matter how hard she swings, no matter what. And I'm telling you, I had to go through my entire bucket with him stopping her after every ball to give her tips and they're not they're not good tips necessarily like some of them are like the things that you tell beginners about like you know okay you want to try to aim here you want to try to okay maybe you want to try to set up a little bit more like this to make it a little you know easier on you or whatever bend your knee you know it's dumb stuff that people say right i'm telling you this he did this for i was there to finish my bucket for 45 more minutes and he did it the entire time i mean this guy he went through everything that golf digest had to offer 
with this lady. And I couldn't even like fathom, like she must've left there so confused and demoralized and probably never wanting to pick up a golf club again. Cause he, I mean, he laid it all out. For so we think it was like a date or I have no idea. I honestly, there was no discussion, you know, it was like, she walked up and straight like, into the them, bay. I saw them like chatting. And then all of a sudden she had like a seven iron in her hand or something like that. And was, was, you know, just topping balls into the, the grass before the, the, the water begins. And then, yeah. And then he went into, Full butch harmony, and then every once in a while he would jump in to like, oh, let me let me show you this. Let me let me just show you. Let me just show you, which would be per, like uh, followed up by like a complete shank or thin. So then there was there was like that going on too, and I'm like, holy shit, there, there's a lot to unpack going on here. So that is South Philly butch harmony for you guys. Good lord, <laughs> I mean, I mean. I- I think you get that at every range you go to. It's like the the yeah. one one dude who like walks up randomly. Although most of the time I see it, he's not hitting balls. It's it's typically some old dude walks up behind, you know, some good looking girl or some, some group <laughs> of dudes. And he's like, hey, you got a decent move there. You want some help with that? And like, come on. Oh, thank God that doesn't happen. We're we're too mean people up here in the oh, yeah, no area for that to happen. That's, I can that's... tell you right now that's happened to me only once at Memorial here. Um, Wait, a guy asked you asked to give a, you tips. He, he told me he's like, I really like your swing. I, I think we can get you to hit it further. <laughs> swear to I'm God. sure Benny was like, All right, dude, let's go. Let's go <laughs> me. He's like, Wait, which driver do I have to buy? <laughs> yeah, only once. That's hilarious. Are you still working with Chase, Benny? Yeah, I am. Nice. How's we, that going? We, we should have our, our second uh, go-to lesson here. Uh, Hopefully this week, actually. I know we talked about it, but the weather doesn't look very good. So hopefully Saturday or someday it clears up and we can play and get a lesson in. Nice. Um, all right. Well, I want to tell my story really quickly. So I was at the range uh, Memorial Park, which is now Double Decker, um, where they play the Shell Houston Open. All right. Well, it's not the Shell Houston Open. It's the Vivint Houston Open. I don't even know what Vivint is, to be honest. I think they're a home realty company. I don't know. Who cares? I'm important. Anyways, back to the range. So at the range, I'm on the second floor. I always go kind of like you, Jake, although our range is absolutely packed all the time. I try to go top left um, because, you know, it's not as many on both sides. So mm-hmm. I'm there. I am waiting. Uh, it's probably like 6 or 7 o'clock when it, and on, a, on a nice night, so it's packed. There's a group of dudes to my right. I don't know, and they're lower twenties, frat boys, just there drinking beers mainly, and they have like two, two of the bays, and they're swapping in and out. Right on the other side of them, a bay opens up. I wasn't quick enough to get down there. The guy walks in. He's got a he's got a hoodie on, khaki pants, shorts, khaki shorts, socks only, no shoes. Whoa! And a bag with about six clubs in it. He steps into the bay. I'm just watching this dude at this point. I don't even care if a bay opens up for me or not. I'm just like, I got to I gotta see what this guy's going to produce here. <laughs> he, not only does he step into the bay with no shoes on, he takes his socks off before oh he hits balls. Proceeds to hang the socks over the black bar that's behind the bays, separating people from like walking in there and getting absolutely cooked. Hangs his socks on and proceeds to hit like a medium bucket, like 60 balls with his six clubs and leaves. I 
it was one of the most entertaining things I had ever seen in my life. It took, you know, I stayed there probably for like an extra 30 minutes just watching this dude in with his socks hanging over the, like he's doing laundry at the, at the range, hitting balls. Uh, and not to mention the shots that he were hitting were not good. A lot of hosels, a lot of, a lot of thin shots, some fat shots off turf, which is almost impossible. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was quite the, uh, quite the entertaining night. That's unbelievable. Yeah. At first I was like, all right, this is definitely weird. But the hanging of the socks, instead of just like balling them up and putting them in front no, of you, you hung them on the thing. Right, you're already gross as hell. But then to be like, you know what? Let me hang, let me air them out a little bit. It's insane. Like if if I'm coming in, that's the only bay that's about to open, and I see this dude get off with his stinky ass feet. I'm not taking that bay, bro. You can have it. <laughs> hell no. Like, I'll give it to somebody else. <laughs> Man, yeah, it was it was interesting. So uh, yeah, I've been going there twice a week. So I'll see, start taking notes of more and then getting some other 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 stories. Um, I think that's it, guys. A little bit of a shorter episode. We've got uh, a what's in the bag coming next week via Instagram. We're gonna drop I think three individual posts. Not too long, but uh, a little bit overdue. So we we apologize for that. We should have done this earlier, but Vinny was, you know, Vinny replaces his bag every year, so we had to wait on a few of his clubs to come in. <laughs> Um, so we can do that, uh, next week. And then we also have a, a guest on the pod next week. Our, he's my instructor, I guess the, the head instructor at Wildcat. He was the former junior or number one junior amateur in the world. Went to A&M, played with camera champs. So he's got some cool stories. Um, and, uh, is working with Sean Foley too. So we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. So he guy can ball, but, uh, that's all I got guys. Jake, you playing some golf this weekend? Uh, yep. Got, um, Got a tea time Saturday. Got to got to get ready uh, for for men's league, which is starting. Oh yeah, yeah. Days. I was gonna ask. So oh, what yeah. happened? You're a captain. Did you select the A team or what? <laughs> All right. So I told I told Vince a little bit about this. You know, the they we have we had a lot of guys come out for this. It was flighted A through I. So there was like a ton of flights for this thing. When and you say I was, flighted, you mean like that? My handicap. So, but there's like you have to choose one guy in each pod, or is Correct. it? Correct. Correct. Okay, I okay, got it. So I was because of the way the numbers shook out, I was the last guy in the A flight. So at like 5.2 or whatever, I was the last A flight player, meaning I was the last captain. So I immediately took, <laughs> I, I had like the fifth pick. It was a snake draft. So that's, it couldn't get any worse than what I had. I don't know right. anybody and I'm picking right in the middle. So when it got to me, like a lot of the guys that were in front of me picked like people they knew that were like good players, but they were high, like basically baggers, right? High end right, players. Right, 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 right. So I, I knew one dude who was playing in the league. He was a B flight player. He was like two player, two people underneath me on the overall list. I picked him and I was like, I'm the owner. You're the GM. Like you just got to pick this team for me because I don't know anybody. And he, he went ahead and did his thing. I, I don't know how we're going to be. Um, I have a feeling we'll be the least drunk team in the Wednesday night league because none of us know each other versus all these other teams, which are kind of composed of mostly friends. Um, but yeah, I'm pumped for it. It's going to be, it's going to be really cool when it, when it, uh, um, when it starts up. That is, uh, extremely interesting. I cannot wait to, uh, see or hear about how that, so is it now, like you play once a week or how does that, that go? So it's, we have a couple of weeks because they want like, you know, we get our handicaps turned on April 1st. 
So a lot of times your handicap at the beginning of the year is like obviously complete fake. Right. It's whatever you ended the year with last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think we start the second week in May. So it gives everybody a chance to record, even if you're just playing on the weekends, like four rounds that you can put in your handicap so that they can be updated before the matches. Mm. Um, and then I forget exactly how the format works, but it's pretty crazy. You're playing like an individual match every week and then a, then a team match within your group every week and then an overall team match every week. So it's kind of like like college or high school a little bit, but instead of it being like a one-time tournament, it's over whatever, a certain amount of weeks. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way of, of looking at it. Yeah, it's it's got a little bit of that college college format, yeah. Interesting, interesting. All right, man, well, that's, that's pretty cool. Vinny and I are playing on Saturday morning at 7 a.m., weather pending. We're going to be the first ones off. We played in three hours and 10 minutes this past weekend. Um. I shot one over. Vinny and Zach did, did not shoot one over. Um, <laughs> they we got hit by the the weird. We had the perfect weather for ten and a half holes. As we got up to the eleven tee box, our blue skies and sunny turned into looked like it was going to downpour, and we got thirty mile an hour winds. Oh boy! And we were straight into the wind for three or four holes. Um, and yeah, it was it was interesting to watch not Vince and, and Zach play in those <laughs> conditions. So. Not idea. Um, Vin, Vinny's ball flight is not exactly built for uh, built for the breeze. He did pipe his tee shot on eleven, but then from there it uh, went a little downhill. Oh yep. no! That was uh, but yeah, so uh, I, I'll know. I'm gonna. I wrote those notes down for the Ryder Cup. If it's very very windy, do not pair Zach and Vince together. So <laughs> I'm I'm prepared. But uh, yeah, I think we're gonna try to play again this week Saturday. Uh, maybe Sunday. We'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, guys, we appreciate everybody jumping in for this week's Masters recap. A couple tales from the. From the range, we're looking forward to uh, putting out some videos next week. What's in the bag, and then um, having a guest on the pod. Hope you guys are all enjoying uh, this season of the Gentleman's Double. Please follow us on Instagram at the Gentleman's Double, and on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartMedia, all of them. They're all out there. Follow us, listening to us all there. We appreciate all the support, and we will be talking to you guys soon. Vinny, take us home. All right, friends, thank you for listening to the uh, the Masters recap and stories from the range, uh, Jake's stories from the range. Um, if you have the opportunity to get out there and play this weekend, play well. No doubles, but if you need to have a double, have it on the 19th hole after the round. We'll be catching you after the RBC Heritage. <laughs>